Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Caesar, the podcast where we run weekly life experiments, question our assumptions, and explore new ways of thinking. I'm your host and fellow experimenter, Caesar. Uh, I'm trying to take a chill this time with the intro instead of just uh, yelling, because that's what I feel like I was doing in the last ones. I'll just relax a bit, relax a bit. Let's get um, right into the fake ad. This podcast is not brought to you by Gymnastic Bodies. GymFit is the world-leading bodyweight strength program, blending mobility, strength, cardio, and more to improve your quality of life. GymFit is a company that owns Gymnastic Bodies. Gymnastic Bodies is an online program um, geared towards helping you build everything I just said, strength, mobility. Um, and these are they provide workouts that you can do in your own home, as I've been doing for the last uh, two months. Uh, you need minimal, minimal uh, equipment, uh, some rings. They'll tell you they have lists of the equipments that you need, and um, each new each session is progressive, so you know that you're improving on uh, your mobility and your strength. And it, the program is based on getting you towards three, three or four, I think it is. I think it's three uh, different gymnastics moves. One of them is the front lever, and I remember that one because it looks really cool, and I really want to get that one down on the rings. You're basically, your body is parallel to the floor. It looks amazing. Anyway, I do it every day. It's helping me get the splits down. I can't say that I've gained muscle mass. It's, it's not obvious, I think, but I, I can say that I've gained a lot of mobility, and these exercises that were difficult in the beginning have now, seven weeks later, I'm very impressed because you can see the results. You're like, oh, shit, I almost got my splits, my middle splits, my uh, front splits. Uh, handstands are now easier, and I can hold them a little bit longer. So overall, because I like gymnastics, I've liked gymnastics for a long time, I would recommend this program. Uh, go to gymnasticsbodies.com to get your one-week free trial today. Once again, this podcast is not brought to you by Gymnastic Bodies. Moving on. Uh, last week's experiment was learning how to run using the pose method that was introduced to me in the uh, four-hour body. I did five days of running. Why didn't I do seven? Well, after the fifth day, I woke up. And on the sixth day, I woke up and my knee felt pretty terrible. It wasn't crazy, but I just thought... I just thought that if I if I ran that day, um, there was a possibility I was gonna mess it up. Is that was that an excuse? Maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, the seventh day still didn't feel that great, but that day was probably an excuse. However, I did run again yesterday, so six days I ran six days. But here's the big thing about this: before when I was going into this experiment, every time I was going for a run, I was having um, at the end of my run I would have hip hip pain like right where the the socket in your pelvis is <laughs> the leg socket um i would have this hip pain that would go th go with me throughout the day it would go on to the next day it felt terrible um after using this method that hip pain went away now the knee pain why why did that come out i think it was um i think it's still because i'm i'm still working on my form i'm only 5 days in well now i'm like 8 but um, I don't think I had the form down. Um, I don't think my feet were landing at the center of my gravity. 
which is one of the big requirements. And I think I was not, my knees weren't uh, bent the entire time. So continuing to work on form, I think this, uh, this method would continue. <laughs> you might uh, hear my roommate, uh, he's playing video games. But um, you might continue, you might hear, what the fuck was I talking about? God damn it. Oh, yeah, I was talking about knee pain. Yeah, if I continue to do this um, this form of running, um, I actually found it quite enjoyable, and I think I'll continue to enjoy it. So I'm going to do um, one day out of the week. I'll do a weekly run uh, just to just to get, 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 in the, get used to running uh, often. Not so often if it's once a week, but maybe I'll start doing it twice a week. But in the beginning, I'll... I'll do it. I'll make it easy. You got to make it easy for yourself, right? This week's experiment is going to be uh, doing, it's going to be focused on losing weight. I've talked about this before. I've been hitting a plateau on my weight loss after following the slow carb diet. Um, I went back to study the finer points of the slow carb diet, and there's a lot of um, small things, small, seemingly small things you can do. Uh, to help increase fat loss once you've uh, lost the bulk of the fat. Now, my goal is to actually see my abs. I've zeroed in on this goal. I, I've, I've lit. I'm all in. Is what I'm trying to say. I'm all in. Okay. I'm gonna. It's gonna fucking happen this time around. It's gonna fucking happen because usually I get to this point where I'm like, ah, oh, I lost a lot of weight. All right, let's uh, let's ramp it back up. Let's gain some muscle. You know, let's start eating more. No, 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 no. Now, motherfucker. You're going to, I'm going to see you. I'm going to see these abs. And so what we're going to do this week is uh, two things. One is going to be 90 seconds of muscle contractions before each meal and 90 seconds of muscle, muscle contractions, 90 minutes after each meal. Now, oh, okay. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that we're going to start drinking lemon juice um, before each meal. The lemon juice is the easier one to explain. Um, from my understanding, is drinking lemon juice uh, before each meal uh, helps level level out uh, spikes in your blood sugar levels, which apparently um, is what makes you store fat. You limit that, and you have a bigger possibility of losing weight. Uh, the 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 muscle contractions is um, it brings out. It gets really sciencey. There's a there's a thing about glut four mentioned. <laughs> I kind of understand it. I kind of don't. My understanding is that when you uh, when you whenever you do exercise, uh, muscle contractions, right? That's that's what he means by muscle contractions. Uh, like let's say squats, um, so, some chest exercises, and something for your back, right? Uh, there's there's a a chemical or a hormone released um, that your muscles release called glut four. And this is like a, this makes calories, it attracts calories into your muscles. Apparently, like, uh, the body sends calories into your muscles, or I don't know if that's the right, like, scientific thing that's happening, but somehow the energy is goes into your muscles and is not stored as fat. Uh, some of it, at least. Not all of it, of course. And so, according to Tim, if you do 90 seconds of muscle contractions right before your meal, um, you'll release this glut four. And then 90 minutes after your meal, 
um, you'll do it again because Glut 4 apparently just goes away really rapidly right after you stop doing muscle contractions. So the reason you're doing it 90 minutes after your meal is because your system processes food in about 90 minutes, so 60 minutes to an hour, 60 minutes to 90 minutes after you eat it. Um, one other thing I'm doing is eating meals uh, much more slowly. Um, I'm taking about a half hour to each eat each meal, which is um, actually I think the way I just should be eating in general. It's actually much more enjoyable. I've actually been doing this since last last Wednesday. All these three things that I'm going to continue to do this week, and I'm not lying. I I was I was amazed. I can see. I can see the change. I can see the fucking change. It's pretty crazy. It's one of those changes you see in the mirror. I did measure myself on cheat day right before I went whole hog on my ice cream, three pints of ice cream. And I had lost, uh, in the waist size, I had lost a half a centimeter, which was big for me. Eh, I don't know if it was big, but I could see it in the mirror. But in the past weeks, the weeks before that, it, it had been it had stagnated the loss of the my waist size has had stagnated so it was uh, it was promising to see that we're gonna do this addition to the diet to the slow carb diet this week and if i don't see any major changes um we're gonna move on to a much more extreme variation of the uh, dieting part mentioned in the in the four-hour body, which is for like uh, bodybuilders once they're in their last weeks of um, uh, right before competition when they really have to get down to a low body percentage. Like I said, the goal here is just to see the abs. I just need to get there. I just need to get there. Now, here's the issue, right? If I fuck this diet up and I begin to lose a lot of weight rapidly and it's a lot of muscle along with um, the fat, there's a possibility I might not seed my abs at all, even if I get down to a to a low enough body fat percentage because there's just no fucking abs to see, bro. That is a risk I'm willing to fucking take at this point because I just want to, I don't know. I, I've decided. I've decided I'm, gonna, I'm all in. I'm all in. That's it. Uh, let's continue. Let's move on. Blog post. None yet. I need to write a blog post for the last week's experiment. Now, here's my problem. I've kind of lost a little bit of passion. I think you've noticed. I've noticed it with the blog post writing. Um, it kind of feels like a like a burden. Um, I, it's not even that hard. I don't. Maybe it's just resistance. Like um, like Stephen Pressfield says, maybe it's just resistance. Just sit there, and fucking do it. Here's another thing I wanted to talk about. Maybe it'll help me just talking to you, the mic, and you out there. Um, my mornings are pretty, I realized how important they are because that's when I have the most energy. And I've got this morning routine going on, but it's a too much. It's a lot. It's a lot. I know I've got a lot of fat in it. I need to cut it down somehow. Here's how it goes. I wake up, right? I'll do my bed. Actually, I'll pee before that. I'll do my bed. Um, then after that, I will make six, not six eggs, three eggs. Um, I found a new way to make them. Three hard-boiled eggs. First of all, hard-boiling hard eggs is fucking incredible. It's way better than the microwave, I'll tell you that much. For six minutes, I'll hard... Uh, can't talk. I will hard-boil these eggs. And, um, and then I'll eat breakfast. 
and immediately after actually while they're while the eggs are being hard-boiled I will um, journal oh god damn it I can't even remember my morning routine but before I even put the eggs in I will meditate while the water is coming to a boil I will meditate for 10 minutes then I'll put the eggs in then I will journal I have a journaling format and then after that I will go into my uh, gymnastics bodies workout, which lasts anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Then after that is where things start to get, where I start to lose my flow, kind of. Um, some days I've gone for a run. I've continued to work out even more. Other days I've... Um, I've, I've done the, the exercise of one shitty page a day. Now, in the last week, I've I've kind of dropped that exercise, the, the one shitty page a day, and I really enjoy doing it. I was thinking about it today. How can I fit it in? I don't feel – I was thinking it's either going to be the journaling or the one shitty page a day. Now, as I'm talking about it right now, maybe I should move it towards the end of the day. Maybe that will help. Sorry, that was my phone. Fuck me. Um, maybe that will help. Who knows? But, yeah, actually, it's not a bad fucking idea. But after that, um, after that, I think I should consider getting straight to work because that's when all the distractions start to come in and before I know it, I'm not, I haven't done any work throughout the day. Maybe that's, that's what I'll do. Okay, sorry, good talk, good talk, good talk. Uh, moving on, a book that I'm reading. It's called One Simple Idea by Stephen Key. Uh, this book is about licensing your ideas. So licensing is something I didn't know about. You'll have an idea. You'll sketch it out. You'll do the market research. You'll um, you'll find out that it has some market potential. And then you present it to a company. If the company likes it, let's say, for example, it's a mid-sized company or even a big company. But realistically, it'll be a mid-sized company. And that mid-sized company would be like, okay, yeah, uh, we like the idea. We can do it. We can manufacture it. Um, sign this licensing contract. And then you'll sign your licensing contract, and uh, you'll get royalties from each sale of the product, right? Sounds really easy, but it's much more complicated than that. But it is quite simple when you compare it to the other, um, I think, the other route of bringing an idea to life, which is actually building your own business starting finding them getting the manufacturing up and going on your by yourself i like this idea line i like this way this licensing uh this way of doing business and that's just uh the ideas i'm exploring right now uh share some knowledge that i learned today or yesterday some knowledge that i learned is that you can license your ideas you don't necessarily have to be the one that builds the fucking company and and uh, the one that has to find the manufacturing and then take it to market, do the marketing and all that, you can let a more established companies that are already in that in that field or doing similar products of the idea that you have or similar services. I don't know about the services, but it's definitely with products. And you could um, you can license the ideas to them. So that's what I've been learning about. Now, moving on to some random topics. Here's a crazy fact that I didn't know. 
the microwave can handle more than one bowl. Have you ever put more than one bowl of food in the microwave? I I I haven't until I saw <laughs> I saw a video <laughs> where uh, this guy was putting he put two bowls at once, and I was like, wait a minute. And so now I've been putting two my my two bowls because usually I put beans in one, and then chicken in the other, and I just microwave them for a minute together, and they both heat up. Like I want the like they get pretty hot, and it's in half the time. Fucking incredible. Yeah, there's a little crazy fact for you. <laughs> it's probably not a fact for a lot of people, but dude, up to my up to this point in my life, I had been putting one bowl in the microwave, and I just think it's less efficient. What am I doing? What am I doing? Now I did do a little bit of research after this. After I discovered this this groundbreaking uh, discovery in my life. And uh, different foods heat up, some heat up faster, some heat up slower in the microwave. Uh, microwave heats up like water. So like, like soups are going to heat up faster. Anything with more water in it, it's going to heat up faster. And um, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that it's not always going to work as effectively, but it'll definitely shorten the time that you spend at the microwave. Next thing I've been thinking about is uh, there's a I'm gonna share a story from a summer camp. So I went to UT Austin, and um, before I went to UT Austin, I went to a summer camp at UT Austin. All right, it was a business summer camp. It was a great summer camp that made me decide, oh, I want to go to this business school. Um, but at the end of the summer camp, uh, we we were like separated into teams, and at the end, the each team had a leader like that was already at the university, a student, a university student. And um, at the end of the camp, those university students gave each one of us an award, like a kind of like a it was like a silly award, like the most most likely to blah, 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 or like the most blank. And so everybody's getting their award. And um, I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is going to be like they're going to see my potential and they're going to be like the most likely to be filthy fucking rich. Right. The most likely to be a billionaire, the most likely to start a company. Right. I was waiting for my for my name to be called as all the other person's names were called and they had like cool um, like little awards. And and then I got most inquisitive or. Yeah, yeah, the most inquisitive, I think it was the person that asked the most questions. And that was such a bummer. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. The most inquisitive? You had me here for a week. And you, that's what you got from me? That I asked fucking questions? At the time, I was borderline offended. Because um, the way she gave the award as well was like, not in a good way. <laughs> it was in a good way. But um, what bothered me was that she said, somebody asked about my weight at one point. Because she was, she was saying... Uh, she, by she, I mean the, the leader of my group was saying that, um, she had been asked a lot of questions over the course of the week. And, uh, she was even at one point asked about her weight and that wasn't me. I didn't ask about her weight. Somebody else did, but I, the, the it made it seem like I asked about her weight. <laughs> so everybody was looking at me like you fucking dick. And that just added salt to the wound. I was like, God fucking damn it. Well, regardless, um, I just remember that 
I was just kind of pissed. I was like, why the fuck? <laughs> like, that's what you got from me? I couldn't believe that that's what people got from me, that I asked a lot of questions. And then and then from then on, I started realizing I do ask a lot of fucking questions. And in the beginning, it was because back then it was because I didn't know how to really have a conversation. I mean, that was my way of having conversations. And I thought it was like I thought questions were a bad thing. But now I see actually the I see how asking questions is, is actually an asset, especially in business. I see more and more I'm seeing that the more questions you ask and the better quality questions you ask, the better your questions get is what I'm trying to say. The more questions you ask and the more better questions you ask, the better the um, Tim Ferriss says, the, the better the quality of your life will be the uh, better the results you'll get is what I found. Because um, if you ask, I, I found that when, when I ask just two questions that are too broad or that are lazy, then I'm going to get lazy results. If I ask lazy questions, I get lazy results. But there's a lot of power in asking questions, and it goes back to that, uh, that one experiment that I did where I was reaching out to uh, like 10 businesses a day I think that's one of the experiments that's actually going to have a large impact in my life because um, it kind of popped the bubble. I don't know why it was there or like this, this, um, it, it kind of took down this barrier in my mind that like, that I couldn't reach out to people. Like, of course you can reach out to people. Like you have your fuck, you have the internet, bro. You can reach out to anyone. Um, and you can ask them any fucking question. You can ask them. Uh, you can ask people to meet for coffee, which, of course, you don't want to do. You might not want to do that on the first email uh, you send, but you could. But what I'm trying to say is you could you could uh, create a relationship online by reaching out to someone and then eventually make it into a one-on-one -on -one person relationship like a mentor or somebody who connects you to someone in, in a business area. And that insight came because of that experiment. And that experiment came about because I started asking more questions and, and I started asking the question of what experiment should I do this week. So, hey, summer camp leader, thank you. Thank you. You were right. I was, I'm pretty inquisitive. Oh, right. As, um, as always, um, the books I talk about and the fake ad I give, uh, I'll put links to those products in the show notes. And I'm going to leave you with a parting quote that's a little different this time around. It's from the book that I'm reading. And the author in his um, in the beginning of the book, when he's thanking all the people who helped make the book possible, he there was this one line that got me, and here's a line. I want to thank my wife for allowing me to pursue my dreams. I don't think there is a greater gift one can give. That's it. But the the thing that stood out to me is the, the second sentence, which was, I don't think there's a greater gift one can give. I love giving gifts. And when I read that, I fucking, I, I resonated with that. I was like, that's so fucking true. There's no, there's no greater gift than one can give than to help someone in your life or just support someone 
in pursuing their dreams or allowing them, just even allowing them to pursue their dreams. And when I look back, when I look on the people who support me, um, I realize how grateful I am for having them in my life to support me. And and I, I don't know. That, that really, that one, there's just certain lines when you're reading a book that just kind of, they they hit an idea that's already been in your mind for a while, but that they bring it to the surface for you to clearly see like this is something that that uh that you should implement in your life and and yeah i I just hope th- i hope that uh I hope that you can support whoever is pursuing their dream around you, and I hope that when you pursue your dream the people around you will support you. And if they don't, at least you got you got your boy Caesar, eh? Do whatever the fuck you want. Cause you only get one shot. You only get one life. That's all.